Welcome to The G-Spot, the podcast that discusses topics relating to sex, dating and relationships with a focus on pleasure, connection and education. I'm your host, Heidi G, sex and relationship therapist, and I believe we are all entitled to a fulfilling sex life and relationships. The G-Spot, the best sex and relationship education you'll ever get. So today's topic is about getting it on at the same time. Couples who struggle to find the time to have sex or get frustrated when their partner is not up for sex at the same time they are wanting sex. Joining me today to talk about this topic is Dr. Christopher Fox, who is an international educator and speaker on human sexuality and sexology. He is an experienced lecturer, trainer, and therapist who has worked with sexual and gender diversity, as well as sexual health and well-being for over 25 years. Dr. Christopher is Director of Sex Life Therapy, a specialist psychosexual and relationship therapy practice in Melbourne. He also coordinates the postgraduate training program at the University of Sydney, where he is the senior lecturer in sexual health or sexology. He is frequently asked to consult on issues related to human sexuality, sexual health and well-being. Thank you for joining us today, Christopher. Not a problem, Heidi. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? I'm going really well. I'm going really well. I'm currently in Melbourne in lockdown, so, you know, this will be interesting to listen back in time and, and recall what lockdown was like for people. Oh, yes, exactly, um, in terms of mental health and relationships and also... And sexuality, and sexuality yes, too. Definitely. And sexuality too, yes. yes. Um, so I wanted to talk about, um, you know, couples who struggle to find the time to have sex or, um, and I see this a lot with, um, you know, in my practice as well, um, couples who say, you know, I just want to feel the desire to have sex the same time my partner does, you know, why aren't yeah. I up for it the same time he or she's up for it? Um and so I just wanted to, you know, to speak to that and talk about managing time because I know that um, with some of the couples that I've seen, I've noticed some of the resistance is, you know, if it's not spontaneous, then it just, it's not going to work. You know, they, they kind of, they don't want to schedule sex because that they think is not normal, um, you know, sex has to be spontaneous. Yep. And Heidi, I'm going to start off by firstly saying I don't know that 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 our our clients in relationships coming to us we, we can say there's a resistance. I, I don't know that it's a resistance. It's mm. they're they're simply reacting yeah. to that social message that you know sex is spontaneous. I mean, let, let's let's talk about why we think sex is spontaneous first mm. before we talk about how we're going to get it on at the same time. Because of sure. course, people. You know, people watch movies, people watch TV shows, people just spontaneously have sex. It's like it's a spontaneous combustion. It's like you you watch a movie and and, and two people are kissing, and next yeah. thing, they're they're bocking their brains out. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it, it's it's a social message that we have and we grow up with. Yeah. And sex doesn't necessarily happen like that. Sure, in the beginning of a relationship, 
sex seems to be spontaneous. You know, you meet a partner, you go out, you get a bit drunk, you mm. come home, you're laying there on the bed, you're kissing, you're cuddling, you're stroking. Mm. And the next thing, red bam, thank you, man. You've had a fantastic 40 minutes of sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But of course, <clears throat> that happens in beginnings, in the beginning of a relationship because there are two people focused on each other. Yeah. The partners are focused and connected, and it, it's it, we call it limerence, but it, it, it's it's a state of like um, I also refer to it as a state of symbiosis because we are so focused on on our partner or partners in in that newness of the relationship that we're able to work it together. Mm. But of course, as the relationship goes along, the relationship changes. Time resumes its normal timeline. Mm -hmm. So again, think about when you've met a new partner, you spend all their time, all your time with them. You don't focus on your friends. You don't focus on family. You're distracted at work. But over time, these things return to normal and you get into the groove of the relationship. And so that connection that you initially have, have mm. starts to change and people need to change the way they think about it. So two things are at play. One, we have the social messaging that sex is meant to be spontaneous and I don't think people are resistant to change. They just don't know that it's not necessarily spontaneous. Mm. And secondly, we often refer back, but at the beginning of the relationship, it yeah. was great. Yeah. But, of course, that, again, is an, is, is an artificial sort of scenario. Mm, yeah, and I hear that a lot as well. When we first got together, we were having sex five times a day. We were having sex three times a week, and we just want it to be the same as it was. And, yep. you know, suddenly, you know, the couple, well, you know, fast forward, you know, the couple yep. living together, um, they yep. have demanding jobs, they might have children, um, you know, date night just no longer exists. It's like, okay, yep. so let's look at, you know, what life looks like now compared to what it was like when you guys were just, as you said, focused on each other, a lot more focused on each other. Exactly. And it's a lot harder. I mean, we can work with 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 relationships, with with partners to refocus more on each other, yet we're not going to necessarily recreate what we experience in the beginning of a relationship. And I think that's a really important message that I'd like listeners to hear is that, mm. you know, we can do work about refocusing and reconnecting with each other, but we cannot recreate what has been. We need to or we, we create something new. Mm. But mm. it's not going to be what it's in the same vein is that, you know, when when we were younger, we could do a lot of things we can't do now. Yeah. You know, Definitely. and again, you know, time changed, things change, and, and we have to be able to change with it. So when you say recreating, um, what, where, where does a couple start? Because I know that, you know, what I hear a lot is, well, we have a, a two-year-old who's very demanding of our time or my partner and I, we, we do shift work. So when I'm coming home, you know, my partner's going to work um, and the, the time that we do have, I just don't want my partner touching me because I don't feel like sex or I'm tired or it's just not happening. So yep. what what tips do you have? Well, I think we have to start off, Heidi, and go back to looking at some of those scenarios. And I, I think, firstly, if we've got a demanding two-year-old or demanding children, that's about parenting. Yeah. If you're going to find time, you have to change the way your children and you interact, and that's about parenting. Mm. If you're talking about shift work, Again, it's about coordinating and, and, and having conversations. And that I don't feel like sex, I'm tired. Like, for example, if you're looking after children, you often have a lot of skin time with children and therefore you, you get to the end of the night 
you don't want to be touched or hugged. Yeah. Um, you know, as a therapist and, and in my, my, my former relationship, there were times where I came home from work and I, I really just didn't really want to interact with, with my partner at all. I did and I would. And then it would be, please, can I have some space here? I just want to sit down and do, do enough, enough time yeah. by myself because I, I just need to re recoup myself. And so it's being aware of each other, which of course requires us to, to, to strengthen the relationship. And I often talk about scaffolding the relationship. You know, people have often have great foundations. That's not that's, necessarily the issue. Mm. It's the thing that's holding the relationship up, that scaffolding, they, those small things that we do. Like, you know, I, I, I get couples doing an exercise called together time where they sit down and they actively listen to each other and demonstrate that they're listening to each other because it helps build build rapport and connection. You know, it, it, it's about building that scaffolding mm. so that you're able to have sex because we don't just have sex out of nowhere. Yeah. We have to have a connection. Yeah. For some people, sex is the connection, and for others, we need to have the connection to have sex. Yeah. And, again, this is not unusual for us to see in our practices, you know, partners who want to have sex to build the connection, but, of course, the other partner needs to have connection in order to have sex. Yeah. And so it's finding these balances all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it's really interesting you talk about connection because and scaffolding because um, I another thing that I um, see a lot or hear a lot as well in my practice is, you know, oh, my partner and I haven't had sex in a while and, you know, I, we both just want to have sex. Okay, how long has it been? It could be months, it could be weeks, years. You know, that doesn't yep. matter too much. But what I find interesting is that the couple just wants to go back into, you know, sex. It's like, okay. Yep. And then, you know, I look at the the connection and, you know, what about the time together and, you know, what does the relationship look like in the other aspects, you know, yep. of um, of the relationship? Um, yep. Do you guys date? Um, what's the um, communication like? Yep. Oh, we don't really, you know, have date night. Or it's like, so you want to go basically straight into the sex without yep. the connection, without the the scaffolding, the nurturing of the yep. relationship. And that. Hi. Sorry, I, I just gave you interject and say that's sort of like going back to the gym and expect, expecting to go straight back into a full full gym exercise routine yeah. when you haven't been for three months. Well, that's it's it. It's not going to happen. You know, yeah. we've got to ease our way back into it. Yeah. Yeah. And and that is that's so true. It's um, you know, it's kind of like going back and taking baby steps and going back to basics. Um, that's like what I tell my clients, you know. So, you know, this is what it used to be like in the relationship and this, you know, and it's wonderful that you can share those memories of, yep, we used to have sex five times a week or whatever it might be. So let's look at what life looks like now and, you know, how you can realistically schedule those times for connection. That doesn't necessarily have to be sex but can lead to sex. Um, going back to the basics of, you know, connection of, um, you know, alone time, of nurturing the relationship, date nights. Yep. All of those things I think are really important. And I heard you say something really interesting just said about scheduling time. Yeah. And, of course, this is what we're talking about is getting it on at the same time. That's it. And, and, and why partners sometimes can't get it on at the same time. And I'm going to ask the listeners and you just to just – just to, to cast your mind back to when you first started masturbating, mm. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, the early days of, and here I'm going to say purposeful masturbating as opposed to incidental masturbating, because lots of children masturbate and touch themselves and they do it because it's pleasurable, mm. which is is the same as and different to that purposeful engagement for the orgasm-orgasm ejaculation process that we learn about and, and, and discover and learn about in, in our, you know, late childhood, early adolescence that, yeah. that for many people they, they start choosing. But, of course, that, that purposeful masturbation, you know, when did, did, did we masturbate? Were we, you know, coming home from school and we had a project due, we had a fight with our mate and our teachers, we were annoying us, and our parents were giving us the shit, so we're stressed as all hell and, mm. lo and behold, we masturbate, we orgasm, yeah. orgasm ejaculate. We release oxytocin and yeah. oxytocin is the natural antidote to cortisol and stress hormone and we feel better. And so we do that again and again and again. Yeah. And suddenly we masturbate when we're, we're stressed. Yeah. Another scenario I ask people to think about is, you know, we're lying in bed at night, can't get to sleep, hands ends up in pajamas on genitals. We end up masturbating. Oh, wow. Orgasm. Oh, wow. We fell asleep. And of course, mm. oxytocin is also, it's, it's that hormone we release at orgasm, orgasm ejaculation. And it's also a, a natural sleeping agent. Yeah. And so we start masturbating before we go to sleep. Yeah. And then there's that scenario, oh, there's nothing to do, nothing on TV, no one to talk to, sick of doing work. Oh, hands end up on genitals. Oh, we end up orgasming, orgasming, ejaculating. Oh, that's a great way to pass yeah. boredom. Yeah. And so we, we, we have these scenarios. There is a fourth scenario that one of my clients came up with last year. They said, Chris, I'm not a stress beta. I'm not a sleep beta. I'm not a boredom beta. I'm a procrastinator. Yeah. And for that client, they'd procrastinate. And when they procrastinated, they used masturbation. But of course, these set up our, our patterns of when our body gets horny. Yeah. Our body learns that get stressed. Oh, you know. Become aroused, the person will do something about it or can't sleep. Become aroused, they'll masturbate, they'll release oxytocin, we can then go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And so we set up these patterns and then people come together in relationships. And of course, you put somebody who's used to getting horny at bedtime going to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Versus somebody who gets horny, let's say, when they're stressed. Mm hmm. And so these times aren't likely to coordinate well. And so, of course, that idea of getting on at the same time, our our sense of when we're horny can often be at different times of the day for different reasons. Yeah. So, you know, this idea of getting it on at the same time and scheduling, sometimes we have to schedule sex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. our, Our clients react to that. Oh yes, I've had some um, some interesting reactions to that as well. You know, when I've made those suggestions to clients, it's like, no, but that's not spontaneous. Oh no, no, then it becomes a chore, or it's so routine. So, hmm. Um, You know, and it's like, well, spontaneous, and like you said in the beginning of um, beginning of the podcast, you know, what we see in the media, we kind of expect that in our relationships. You know, in um, social media, uh, Hollywood, or you know what sex looks like, and what relationships look like, and there's that sort of expectation when really that's not realistic. So yeah. I think that, you know, um, what I think anyway with um, clients who I've suggested, you know, the scheduling of sex and trying to work out, you know, okay, so when you know when you can have together time and when you can schedule sex and. And the clients who say, no, this is not 
spontaneous or I don't want to schedule sex. Uh, sort of, I think they're quite caught up in what their idea of what sex should look like and what their relationship should look like. And it's usually unrealistic. So this idea of spontaneity um, and, and wanting spontaneous sex and or this idea of scheduling sex and not being spontaneous. I mean, we started off talking in the beginning of the, the podcast about this idea of where it comes from. But to schedule sex doesn't mean we have to set a time at like 8 p.m. on a Friday night. Yeah. And again, I, I say say to my clients all the time, if you're going to do that, I'm going to say to you, you're going to be back here in no time at all because you're going to be bored with it. Yeah. But of course, doing things such as having a conversation and being able to have a conversation to say, hey, look, you know, Friday night, the kids are out. We've got nothing on. How about we put the time aside for us? How about we have dinner and, and then the rest of the night's just for us? <clears throat> and so in that sense, either partner can still instigate, can still initiate. And it can be still spontaneous yeah. because you, you you both have got into the mind space that sex is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And so it, 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 it's, it's a way to get, get people um, thinking differently about sex. It's not that sex has to be planned or mm. scheduled, but we have to make time in our day. And, and this idea of scheduling, Heidi, what time do you get out of bed most days of the week? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. And what's your morning routine? You get out of bed, do you have a shower? Have a shower, have breakfast. Um, yep. I go to the gym most mornings yep. as well. Good. Yeah. Cool. What time do you start work? Anywhere between 7.30 and 8.30. Okay. What time do you have lunch? I have lunch at about 1. What time do you finish work? Um, I finish work at about 7. And um, what time do you have your evening meal? Could be about 8 o'clock at night. Okay. And where in there are you going to spontaneously fit sex in? <laughs> and this is what I ask clients to think about all the time. And I actually yeah. sit there and I talk about them. I even talk to my clients about when do you poo? Yeah. And what most people yeah. never stop to think about is they actually poo to a routine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just poo what I need to poo. And it's like, no, you don't. I think if you think about it, you'll see that you're going to poo at particular times. And so this idea of scheduling sex, you're not going to do something spontaneous in in a world that, that's massively routine-driven. And we have to have routine. And so it's finding balance. Yeah. It's finding balance. If one partner wants sex late at night and the other partner wants sex earlier in the evening, it's about finding a balance. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to have sex for connection, and again, some people have sex for connection, some people have sex... What some people have sex to connect and some people have sex, um, want sex after they've connected, like they need to connect first. Again, we have to find a balance. And so this idea of getting it on at the same time takes a little bit of work. And the bottom line is we have to work with this idea of communicating, of being able to have conversations. And it brings us back to this communication skill. You know, even date night. You know, you've referred to date night a couple of times. Yeah. For couples who, who plan date nights, again, it's planned. Yet to do date night, we have to scaffold date night. That's it. And scaffolding are those small things we do that build a super strong structure. So if you think of the scaffolding at a building site, it's often small pieces of metal that are screwed or, or, or welded or, you know, somehow connected to form a super strong structure. 
Yeah. You're in Sydney. Look at the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Mm-hmm. It's a massive set of scaffolding. Holding, yeah. <clears throat> and it's yeah. lots of small pieces put together to form a super strong structure. So this idea of connecting and scaffolding is really, really important. And the bottom unit of scaffolding is communication, is actively listening to our partner, yeah. listening with a purpose to understand what's happening for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I, I think we can get it on at the same time, but it takes planning, just like this podcast took planning. <laughs> You know, I think that's a classic example. We had to plan it. We had to plan it two or three times to actually get to the point where we could actually, you know, sit down and meet today and do this podcast to get it on at the same time in a podcast. (laughs) Well, about a podcast. We're not getting it on in the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a bit kinky. (laughs) Maybe we can do a podcast about that. Who knows? Um, (laughs) Heidi, we could, we could actually, there you go, invite me back for another podcast and we'll do a demonstration about getting it on in a podcast. (laughs) Something I can assure you my family will not be listening to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Um, And, well, that's, you know, and that's a good point. Um, I think it's about looking at what is going to work in the relationship and sort of, you know, trying to remove the expectations that are not realistic. You know, we talked about spontaneity and, um, you know, how it may have worked in the relationship um, in the beginning because, as you said, the focus was the relationship, but, you know, things have changed now in the relationship. You know, it could be a demanding job, kids, whatever it might be. Um, So it's, it's about, you know, just changing things. And it doesn't mean that anything, you know, it's wrong or it's bad. It just means that things look a bit different. You can still have that intimacy, that connection, that alone time, the sex, whatever it may be that you're needing. But, um, and it might look, and as you said, it takes work, you know, it's, it does. It takes work. Yeah. People, we, we have to work at our relationships. And I think that's, again, something that we lose sight of. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we forget we have to work with our or work on our relationships. They don't just happen. Love is a feeling. Love mm-hmm. is not a behaviour or an action. Yeah. The action or the behaviour that goes with love is care. And that's the working on the relationship, caring for ourselves and caring for our partner yeah. or partners. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we finish up here, Chris, um, what's a take-home message for all the couples? For all the couples that have listened, for all the people in relationships that are listening, I'm going to say the message is if you want to get it out at the same time, let's work on scaffolding the relationship. Let's work on building stronger connections. Let's work on understanding ourselves and our partners. Yeah. This is the basis that, 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 that we work from and that it's okay to not be horny at the same time. Yeah. Because as we talked about, our horniness is often set in our adolescence, in our early sexual experiences, just like the behaviours we like to do when we're horny. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. again, nobody's there having conversations with us when we're adolescents about how to masturbate well, how to have sex well. Um, it, it, it is just, you know, it takes communication and communication takes listening to our partner. Definitely. Definitely. Well, that's a great take home message. And, um, thank you so much for your time, Christopher. It's very much appreciated. Not a problem, Heidi. And thank you for your time. It's been thoroughly enjoyable.
Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow me on social media at Heidi G Spot and check out the website at HeidiGCounseling.com. Join me next time on the G Spot because the world is a better place when there's great sex and relationships.